welcome back to Word and Table, a weekly podcast on liturgy, sacrament, and the great tradition of Christian worship, and why it is vital in our world today. I'm your host, Alex Wilgus, and I am here, as always, with Father Stephen Gautier. Welcome back, Father Stephen. Great to be back, Alex. Father Stephen is the canon theologian of the Diocese of the Upper Midwest in the Anglican Church in North America, and he is Director of Formation at St. Paul's House of Formation in the Greenhouse Movement. Father Stephen, today I wanted to talk about the different kinds of prayers that are in the Book of Common Prayer. Um, You know, red prayers were a new thing for me when I was coming in to being Anglican. But um, not only that, but there are several different types of these prayers. If you look through the Book of Common Prayer, they're labeled different things. Some of them are called uh, collects. And uh, we talked about that before, how it kind of collects different prayers into one. Um, there are, But then there's also prefaces, and then there's propers. So let's talk about these three different kinds of prayers that you find in the, in the Book of Common Prayer, red prayers. Um, and how do we use them? When do we use them? Um, what's kind of the logic behind each one? Um, so we can give our listeners uh, an introduction to, to prayers in the Book of Common Prayer. Okay, well, uh, we might start off with, you mentioned colics first. And we have mentioned that in early Christian times, you still see this, uh, for example, in the Orthodox Church, you see that what we call the prayers of the people that begin the service with that is you call out for a various purpose, like let's pray for the sick type of thing. And the idea is everyone's offering their individual prayers. And then at the end, you, you, the idea is you have a, a sort of you bundle them all together. And that was the collecting prayer, the bundling prayer, the, we call the collect from Latin. Collectum means is Latin, the past participle for the verb for to collect, colligere. Uh, so it was a closing prayer. So it'd be things like this, let us pray. Okay. And then you say, well, okay, everyone's prayed. Okay, dear Lord. And we go, we go on this. Now, what's interesting about this is it took a very special form in the Western church. And it's one of the gems of the Western liturgy. It's one of our great contributions to liturgy in the Western church, the Latin church. And the Anglicans are particularly good at it. We've taken real pride in, in this. Basically, a colic normally had is sort of a four-part structure, okay? And anyone who has teenagers knows how the structure works. I don't have teenagers, so you're going to have to tell me no. <laughs> okay, you don't have teenagers. Well, it's like this. Basically, Dad, you know, he says, you always said you think it's really a good idea for us to, to spend time at the library. Can I borrow the car keys so I can... <laughs> <laughs> got it <laughs> i had no idea the library was still open but in any event and so what we have is basically it starts out with we address god like blessed lord or god almighty then we talk talk about something about one of his attributes oh you are always merciful or always kind and like i said you know you who always want us to go to the library and on that we're going to base our petition because this is true, that's why we are going to ask you now, because we know this is true of you, something you've done or who you are, this is why we have confidence to bring our petition. And then in the West, we always address it, not always, but almost always, to the Father, through the Son, in the Holy Spirit. So we say, through Jesus Christ, your only Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you, and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. So we have a Trinitarian closing. So we address God, God Almighty, blessed Lord, Say something about him, either what he's done or who he is. Based on that characteristic, here's why we have confidence to bring our petition today. And then finally, that Trinitarian close. Okay, so that's the structure of each collect. Maybe we could 
Uh, do you have a couple of examples? Maybe we could go through and identify each part. Okay, let's do that. Uh, let's start. Second Sunday of Advent is a very popular one. All right. It says, Blessed Lord. <laughs> okay, there he is. But who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Okay, so that's, that's the, the thing that he did. Right. So it's addressing him and then the thing that he did. That's going to be the basis for asking something. Here's the key thing of asking. The, the, the liturgical version uh, is, of please is grant. <laughs> okay, okay, grant us. Yeah. Grant us to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and the comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you've given us in our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Okay, okay. So then there's that, there's that um, confidence that we have in the thing that we just asked for based on, based on that deed. Exactly. Okay. And, you know, we used to, in the old days, we used to call it the vouchsafe. Instead of grant, which is regular English, we used to say vouchsafe. Vouchsafe. That's a cool word, yeah. Isn't that great? Uh-huh. <laughs> that's great. Okay. Well, How can you say one. no to that? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Those $10 words. Okay, great. Well, there, let's let's go through another example. This one's from from Christmas Eve. Um, it says, "Oh God," so there we we're go. Talking to God, so you have caused this holy night to shine with the brightness of the true light. Okay, so that's the thing that God did. Right. Um, then here comes the ask: Grant that we who have known the mystery of that light on earth may also enjoy Him perfectly in heaven. Um. And so, and, and kind of bundled in there, right, is that, uh, that, that what the, it's kind of the, the confidence based on what God has done. And then, where with you and the Holy Spirit, he lives and reigns, one God in glory everlasting, amen. That's the Trinitar- Trinitarian well, you, you gave right? us the true light, and speaking of light, yeah, you know, that's yeah, going... <laughs> okay. That's yeah. how it works. Right. I see. All right, that's that, that's a really I, actually, I, I, I get I see that now. It's a it's a form of petition. It's the one thing after another, and it's a, a full it's a full ask. That's How right. Could a you full say ask. No? And then we have um, some of these were so popular that they actually would call the Sunday by this. For example, uh, one is famous for I think it was fourth Sunday that was called Stir Up Sunday. Hmm. Stir up our Lord, your grace within us. But they call it stir up Sunday and they do things like, you know, lunches or something, you know, (laughs) because it's stir up Sunday. Nice, nice. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's definitely uh, one of the things that I hear people very often remark uh, uh, on the Book of Common Prayer when they first read it is how beautiful these prayers are and how they they remember them and they like to memorize them and things like that. And uh, they, they, they teach you a little bit about what God is like, and and yeah, they're just beautiful things. They also teach us something really important. A lot of times, our tendency now in the modern uh, modern church is to actually never speak to God. We we we, we call close our eyes, but we talk to each other. May yeah. we do? You know, we're really talking, and you have a deep sense out the liturgy that we're directly talking to God. That's, That's what right. prayer is, instead of sort of giving a pep talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, that exactly. we're, we're using you. We're talking you, not just like we all the time. We should do this. We should do that. Is you know, you know, we're saying you. Would you do this? Would you? That's an important distinction. Is if we speak in the second person, we'll realize we're talking to God. That's Otherwise, right. it'll be a sermon with our eyes closed. Yeah, that's right. And there, everything in that prayer is is all about an address to to mm-hmm. God. There can be no 
no mistake about who we're talking about. No question about that. That's true. That's true. And again, Cranmer was very famous. He took many of the uh, Roman, some of the treasures of the Roman liturgy, many of those collects and translated them. He added some new ones mm-hmm. that we love, like... Uh, uh, and so the Anglican liturgy in the Book of Common Prayer is famous for these colics. Yeah, yeah. Now, sort of, sorry, that whole idea of bundling sort of disappeared, but we kept the term, and it came to be used with any prayer that either had the same basic structure or just was about that length in the liturgy. Okay, yeah. So we yeah. call that, we just call it a colic. But that's where the originally, that's why we say the Lord be with you and also with you. Let us pray. And it used to be that was sort of a remnant of when people would do their individual thing, and then we'd let's gather them up. Well, let's talk about prefaces. Um, prefaces we we find in a different place in the in the Book of Common Prayer, different place in the in the in the service. So, where do we find prefaces? Well, what we do is think about this when you're going to you don't want to. Uh, you have a ramp to get up something that's really steep, right? If you're, if you're going to have, you have ramps. You can't go mm-hmm. so directly. How do you get to something as big as the Eucharistic prayer? How do you make a transition? Uh-huh. And so that tradition from the ancient times, we have in the earliest, uh, some of the earliest descriptions of the, of the uh, Christians meeting, you start out with the Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts. In Latin, it's called sursum corda. Mm. Literally, up with the hearts. Yeah. You know, sursum corda. And we will say, we've lifted them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. And after that, we have a special prayer that comes in. And that prayer leads us to the holy, holy, holy. And so that's sort of our, that's the before the action is basically the prelude. It's basically how we get ready for the Eucharistic prayer. You can't, you know, you have this dialogue and then you have this opening prayer to get ready for the Eucharistic prayer. It's not actually part of the Eucharistic prayer. It's to get ready for the Eucharistic prayer. I see. And that's sort of appropriate to each season or, or feast day or something, right? Well, it's interesting. It has a, it, the middle part changes. Okay, it'll start out like, you know, we say it's truly right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly right and just always to give you thanks. We'll have that, and then we'll have the a changeable part. Yeah. Typically talking about the uh, either Sunday or we'll talk about the uh, particular season particular feast and then we finish with so we join with angels and we make the transition to the holy 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 with angels and archangels with all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name so again the preface is um, is this uh, you know ramp you know to uh, an overture to get us ready for the eucharistic prayer all right well let me let me read one of these father stephen uh um one of these changeable pieces. This one is the ones that we're using, one of the ones that we use right now. It's through Jesus Christ, our Lord, for he is your living word for before all time and for all ages. By him, you created all things and by him, you make all things new. And then you say, right. And so Therefore, we join we angels and archangels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it always is le- kind of ramping into that, right? Right. Um, but then there's this other one for Lent, so it's you bid your faithful people cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast that fervent in prayer and in works of mercy and renewed by your word and sacraments, they may come to the fullness of grace, which you have prepared for those who love you. 
And so we join with angels and archangels, etc. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yes. But they have a very different, very different character based on the season. But each one of them is again, we're talking to God, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's it's not just um, it's not just uh, lip service. Now, one thing that's interesting: this is unique to the Western Church with the preface. You see, in the Eastern Church, our, our we'll talk about this in a moment, but our uh, in the Eastern Church, they just have a standard wording that's always used. In that prayer, the prayer never mm. changes. You know, the, they have several different Eucharistic prayers. Each Eucharistic prayer, you know, has has it built in. They don't change them out. Okay, that's unique to the West that we change them. Or like the people, you know, some people on their street, they put up de- they put up decorations for everything. Yeah, they, yeah, you know, that's they, like what they, the West is like, right? That's what yeah. the West is like with this. So the East says no. They do a lot of their own, but not here. The Eucharistic prayer from start to finish doesn't change. I have the whole prayer, but it's a one whole that never changes with him. Sure. Okay. All right. So let's talk next about, lastly, about propers. And propers are, these are are prayers that change more often, right? Well, these are things that change. Because something we call, there's a fixed part of the liturgy, which the Roman Catholics call the the ordinary Mm -hmm. or common. And there's a fixed part of a liturgy, you know, it's the same like every Sunday. Certain things in the Eucharist never change. Every Sunday, they're the same. Right. But there are certain things like the colic that's different every week. And so things that, now what proper means, it comes from Latin, uh, 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 proprio means belonging to someone. You know, it, it fits, it's sort of fitted to someone or it belongs yeah. to them. Like we get property from that idea, something that belongs to you. So we have a prayer, like a special prayer for Christmas. Well, it belongs to Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's the Christmas prayer. Or this is the prayer we use in Advent or something. So we call that a proper, meaning it's used for a special occasion, a special season or a special week or a special uh, day, like a saint's day. And so anything that's special like that is called a proper. And so, for example, every one of our Sundays has its own special proper. It's, uh, you know, for for it comes to collect. Every Sunday has its own collect. Every single Sunday. After Pentecost, we have something like we call proper two, two, proper three, proper four through 29. Mm -hmm. And it simply means whatever that week is, that we just call it by a number. In the oldest, we used to call it time after Pentecost. Like yeah, the 22nd yeah. week after Pentecost. But now we call proper this, proper that. But that's what it means. It simply means that particular week has its own special collect. And the idea was you use it every day and you get to memorize them that way. You right, know, use right, it for right. a week yeah. and it become your own. And good Anglicans really knew the pro- really knew the collect were really like old friends. Yeah, because then you would do it on, you would do that that proper for each prayer office, right? As right, well. so you, 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 you repeat it. Each prayer office. That's you really get cool. plenty yeah. of chance to, to master it. Another thing we'd have is also preface, but the prefaces are less common that way. You don't have one for every Sunday. You have one basically for Sundays and for seasons, mm-hmm. like big days, like like Easter or Christmas. But otherwise, the preface would be for like Pentecost season, you know, like that. They'll have for a whole season epiphany, you know, they're used yeah. for the entire season. Technically speaking, you know, we talk about our lectionary. Those are the proper readings. Proper is yeah. an adjective, so it means the ones for that particular day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So sometimes in, in liturgics, we'll say, what are the propers for the Feast of St. James the Less? And it means, okay, is there a colic for that saint? There's a colic for that saint in the book called Lesser Feasts and Fasts. <laughs> is there a colic? And we also have in the 2019 prayer book. Is there a colic for the day? You know, are, what are the readings for that day? Those are called the propers. Yeah. What do I need special? What people used to like doing about that is it meant you could just have a, you could make it easy for people to follow the service by simply having a special sheet that would have the special parts of that Sunday. I see. Okay. Yeah. So they didn't have so to go running around the prayer book. You know, you could so just everything have... that's fixed is in the prayer book, and then you've got a, like a little sheet that 
that pulls out all the proverbs, yeah. Or I've seen Anglican churches that just only have a card. You know, in the old uh, days, we never dreamed of that. In the old days, we always had prayer books. Okay. That's yeah. one thing that made us, you know, Anglicans always use prayer books. Sure. But now in, in, in more modern times, what people do often is they'll have a, like a, a, a laminated card, which will be the things that are every Sunday. Sure. And then you'll get, here are the things, you know, for this Sunday. You'll have your readings. You'll have your collect. You know, you, you'll have the things that are different for the Sunday. It's like a regular menu, and then here are the specials. Specials of the day. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that is good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal that from you. It's okay, like the, yeah. these are the specials for the day. Good. You heard it here first, folks. That's good. Great. And then we have antiphons and Sunday. You know, we begin, like you say, blessed be God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and blessed be his kingdom. That's mm -hmm. for regular time. We have a different one for Easter. We have a different, you know, for Easter, we have a different one for Lent. You know, we have a different one when it comes to baptisms. Yeah. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and yeah. Father of all. Sure. So those are also examples in the, uh, that we have in the Eucharist liturgy or the daily offices. Mm hmm so proper simply means it could be an adjective, saying the proper collect, meaning is there a special co special collect for today? Yeah, yeah. Or propers mean everything that's unique to that day. Well, that's really helpful, Stephen. Um, let me let me ask you one th thing though, as we close. You know, one of the things I sometimes hear is, okay, you know, that's kind of nice and all. That's kind of cool to have all of these changeable portions uh, set inside a more static thing, and it changes from season to season, but you know, what's the point? Like, why, why do all that? Isn't, you know, as the kids would say, wouldn't that, isn't that a little extra, um, or, or, or kind of, uh, <laughs> kind of just a lot of ritual for ritual's sake, but why would we, why would we do things this way? Well, actually it's why you play different songs. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. Degree to which, uh, you know, why don't we have the same hymns every Sunday? Yeah. Why don't we just play, um, come thou found every single Sunday? <laughs> but there's another reason that's really rich. You know, I uh, tell people, when they have a question of what is the real meaning of this feast? And I say, well, there's a cheat sheet. The college will tell you what the theme of the Sunday is. Mm -hmm. For example, yeah. uh, we talked a while back about the transfiguration. Yeah. And the transfiguration, we always read that gospel the Sunday before Lent. Yeah. And if we read the collect for that Sunday, it's amazing how that tells us what the real lesson is. Mm -hmm. It says, oh God, who before the passion of your, dear, your only begotten Son revealed his glory on the holy mountain. Grant that we, beholding by faith the light of his countenance, may be strengthened to bear our cross and be changed into his likeness from glory to glory. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. So we're saying it's the idea that the apostles were given this vision, the transfiguration, so they would have the strength to get through the passion. Hmm. Yeah, you know, it was yeah. looking at that and, you know, so they, it reminds us, that's why we read it now is to remind us we go through Lent to keep our eyes or something beyond Lent, something beyond Good Friday. There's Easter Sunday. Even now we keep that in mind. That's hope. You know, can I, um, can I just, as we wrap up, do you mind if I read my, my favorite collect in the book of Common Please Prayer? do. Um, it's also the one that, uh, is on the epigraph page for the ACNA catechism, um, as well, but it's. O God, who wonderfully created and yet more wonderfully restored the dignity of human nature, grant that we may share the divine life of him who humbled himself to share our humanity. Your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. I love that. I like another version of the prayer. An ancient version has, O Lord, who created innocence and more gloriously restores it. Wow, yeah. Oh, Isn't that beautiful. glorious? Because the rest, innocence can be restored. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> you know, that's yeah, what baptism it restores our innocence. Yeah, if you t- a lot of these, if you just take them, you know, if you're wondering what to preach on Sunday, if you just take each one of these little strophes and just make it a bullet point, you've got your outline for your sermon, and then you need to just go uh, uh, back it up. But yeah, yeah, and they, they really do get to the heart of what we're focusing on in each season, what's important to understand. Um, and so also yeah, with uh, particular liturgies like the liturgy of baptism, the liturgy of confirmation, the colics are wedding liturgy. Mm-hmm. They're remarkable prayers that tell us, hey, folks, here's the message. Well, thanks so much, Father Stephen. Thank you for listening to Word and Table. We'll be back again next week for more on liturgy, sacrament, and the great tradition of Christian worship. Thanks for listening.